Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this episode of the C3 Church Podcast. You're about to listen into a message from one of our gatherings. To find out more about our community, where we gather both in person and online, and how to get involved, head to cfreechurch.ca. Now, let's listen into a message from a recent service. Uh, like Robbie said, my name is Elisa. I am a part of the team here at C3. I'm on some multiple teams. Uh, I'm on the kids' ministry. I occasionally am on the preaching team. Uh, I'm on the prayer team. Uh, things like that. So uh, there's a little shameless, you know, dig for the get on a team. It's not a joke. Get on a team. Uh, thank you, Scott. We always forget, don't we? We're just, oh yeah. He probably want to rest his thumbs before I ask him to come back up another time. But I'm thankful for our uh, praise and worship team, aren't you? Because that really puts our spirits into a position of uh, where we're going next in worship, which is uh, the message. And uh, we are in a series called Angels Don't Have Wings. (laughs) If you were here last Sunday, how many of you guys like just scoured through the Bible after that, looking for that? I also looked up the definition of platitudes. Every time Pastor Josiah said it, and I was in kids' church last Sunday, so I had to watch it later, but every time he said it, I was like, what? I kind of get what he's saying. What is that? It also means half-truths, like he said. The kind of like watered-down versions of truth that kind of just diminish over time, but have a way of settling in where we base our belief system on. We just let them rest there. And uh, my particular topic that my message is on this morning is, um, I'm sure you've heard it, heaven has now gained another angel. So we're kind of continuing on last week's sort of message about, you know, as our loved ones have gone on and they've passed on and, and we don't know what to say in those moments to either ourselves or to our our friends or family or people that you encounter. And you say, heaven has gained another angel. Or maybe you've said, oh, that's, you know, but grandma is now looking down from heaven. Grandma's going to watch out for you. So before we go any further, I just want to pray, though, because we just want to make sure that we're positioning ourselves to hear in kids' church, I always ask my kids if they're listening. Some of them may have headphones on, some of them may not right now. But to do that, we always have this thing about make sure that we have our listening ears, right, Mr. Marley? How do we put on our listening ears? Click, click. So, Father God, this morning, we just want to put on our listening ears, God. And we want eyes to see. We want to invite the Holy Spirit into this place this morning, God. We want you to fall and fill this room, God. I pray for the renewing of minds, the opening of hearts, and the awakening of spirits here this morning. 
I ask that every word that I say is your word, God, and that if there's anything that you do not want me to say, that it will just fall to the side, God. That this is your message. It will be spoken to the hearts and the ears that need to hear it this morning. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So this morning, yes, heaven gained another angel. Or that particular loved one is now watching out for you. So the title of my message this morning is, oh, and it's so cliche, just like I like them. Every time a bell rings. It's classic, right? It's so ingrained in our culture. That movie's been around since the 40s. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's a wonderful life. It's a Christmas movie. Ooh, like Christmas in July, even. That is crap. Sorry, I'm being heckled already. And I am not a fan of Hallmark movies. I'm going to state that right now. These big Christmassy things, and they, they put them all over TV or Netflix or whatever, all summer long. Like, it wasn't bad enough to have them all winter and all Christmas. It's all summer, too, so that you do not forget. But it's a wonderful life. Let's bring you back. Every time you hear a bell rings, this was a particular character in the story. He had become an angel. He had passed away like 270-some years, and now he was trying to guide the lead character and gain his wings. Pfft, wings. There's no wings. Are there halos? I don't know. Let's not go there. I've had to revise my costume box. I don't know about you. But that li therein lies the question. Do we become angels after we die? So if we also believe what the Bible says, where, you know, our bodies go back to the earth and our spirits will go to be with the Lord through salvation. So we become spirits, but do we become angels? Well, let's just define who angels and mankind are. To do that, we'll go to the beginning, literally, because we're going to find in Genesis that there was only God in the beginning, and that he then created all existence, heavens, the earth, everything on the earth, everything that you see. And in Genesis 1.27, we're going to find... Oh, look, I'm going to put on my glasses now. Ah. So God created human beings in his own image, and in the image of God, he created them, male and female. So he states very clearly that we are made, that he has made man in his own image. And that we are also heirs to his throne, his kingdom, through salvation. And we would find that, that's not going to come up on the, string, uh, on the screen, that's famous... John 3.16, that though we believe in him, we shall have everlasting life. So through salvation, we are heirs to his throne. That is also mankind. But in Colossians 1.16.17, this is going to come up here. We're going to get through some of these little scriptures, what the scripture says about the difference between mankind and angel kind. We're going to go through them quite quickly. 
For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. So there we can see that he's created all those things in the unseen world. Those are things that don't seem tangible, things that we can't touch, things in spirit. So he did create the angels, he created the heavens, and then he created the earth. And let's clarify what an angel is. Have you, have you ever met an angel? You can always talk to my daughter, she has. That was super cheesy. <laughs> Must be an angel. Okay. Hebrews 1.14. Therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. So we're the inheritance of salvation, we're man, and they are solely spirit, God's servants sent to minister to mankind. They only follow under the authority of God. They bring messages, like in Genesis 22. They praise and worship God, like in Isaiah 6. They provide protection, like in Psalm 91. And they sometimes are even sent to bring judgment, like in 2 Kings or Revelation. Boom, boom. But, well, when we die, we become spirits too, right, Miss Elisa? So couldn't we become angels? But we're going to find in Revelation 7, verse 9 and 11, what happens when we are there in, in heaven. Who are we going to see? John was given a vision, a very brief glimpse of heaven, what that would look like. And this is what he saw. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in the hands. So there were the people, the people at the throne of God. And in verse 11, and all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings, and they fell before the throne. So we're both there, each to their own kind, because that's how God made us. He made every species to their own kind. So I just wanted to kind of get our facts straight there in the beginning, because where we want to be looking is to truth first. This is where we want to build our foundation. So we're going to look to the, and there's no better place to start than the Bible. So we're going to always look to scripture. We're going to, to bounce off all our beliefs, the things that we have built for ourselves, because we have belief systems that we have created for ourselves, things that we tell ourselves. Don't we have personal belief systems? Like, you know, do you tell yourself that you're beautiful or do you tell yourself that you don't think you're all that pretty? 
These are belief systems. Well, I'm going to now bounce all of those systems off the Bible. So where we're going to look for our truth is the Bible. But, have, but I have been guilty of not, let's see, clarifying or disproving these truths in others. Because I didn't think that it was harmful. It was harmless. Like, you become angels. I didn't actually believe it. I was 12 when my mother passed away. I didn't believe that she became an angel. But after I had a child, in my home, we call her Angel Grandma. And it was an easy explanation that we gave our children to make the difference between my mother who was and my mother who is now. So even though I didn't believe it, I didn't clarify for those growing up after me. I wasn't giving them a sole foundation of truth. But now we have it. And now I will need a new name for Angel Grandma. So from here, we want to know who we're looking to. Is there someone watching over us? Mr. Marley's over in the corner. Uh-huh. Who's watching, Marley? Jesus is watching. He is an A student. Yeah. But these are, this is something that's often said to fill that awkward void, right? To comfort others, to comfort ourselves. We want to keep that connection. We miss them. They're lost to us now. And we want to hold on. We want to feel comforted, knowing that they are still with us, that they're watching us. Are they proud? Are they sad? Are they happy for us? Are they guiding us? Are they protecting us? Who are we looking to? Well, there's a couple of things here because lots of people will be like, you know, in the Bible it says there's a crowd of witnesses or a cloud of witnesses. There's visitations, Miss Elisa. I've had dreams. I know that, I know that they're watching, right? Well, let's go ahead with this crowd of witnesses. Let's get this one out of the way. Hebrews 12, 1. Please, thank you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd, this is our, the NLT, you've heard this sometimes as cloud, of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, 
the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He talks about the crowd of witnesses. And if you actually have read the chapter prior, chapter 11, he talks about all the old teachers of the Old Testament, all the people of great faith. These are great examples of faith in our lives. They were teachers. They held faith of promises that they actually, that were never fulfilled. They never saw the coming Messiah, but they believed in it. These are the examples that we want to act as if they're, we're supposed to act as if they're watching. We're to be inspired by their examples. We're to be inspired by the people of great faith around us. And we're to seek the face of Jesus. There, in the message version, I like this. I just like the beginning of uh, Hebrews 12.1. Do we have that in the message? Yeah. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on. We better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. Uli really likes the spiritual fat. No bacon in your spirits. Because... We're going to seek the face of Jesus. He is the, I'm always struggling with this word, omniscient, that's the word, omnipresent, all-powerful. He has all authority. I jumped ahead here, so I, <laughs> I have to find my place again. I had a switch. So we want to remember who we're looking to. Well, okay, so I'm inspired by these great examples of faith. But what about these visitations or visions or dreams that I've had of loved ones? They've come to me. I've had dreams. I actually haven't had very many dreams. But I had dreams. But the Bible actually warns us about trying to keep that connection or connecting with people that have passed on. Moses told his people the day he was giving God's directions to the people because they were going to be coming into new lands, not to take on the customs of those new lands, not to seek out and consult mediums or fortune tellers. King Saul broke his own decree of law and consulted a medium when he was distraught. See, he didn't think that he was listening to the, or that he heard the voice of the Lord, he, and he wanted an answer. And he got frustrated, and he broke his own law, and that didn't end so well for him. It was disastrous. He died in that battle along with all of his sons. Jesus told a parable about a rich man and Lazarus, a poor man, not his friend, 
another one, who sat outside the gates of this rich man. And they both had died. And the rich man went to hell or in torment. And the poor man was sitting next to Abraham in paradise. And there the rich man begged to send a message back to his loved ones back on earth so that they may change their ways and live for Christ. And that was not allowed. So the Bible warns us that, that we're not to do that because it's not under his authority. Those visitations, angels, the dreams, prophetic dreams, words of prophecy, those are done within and under his authority. He's all powerful. So who will he send? Okay, I'm looking to Jesus. Okay, I'm looking at you. Even the disciples, they were distraught when Jesus told them that he was not going to be with them anymore. I don't know where you're going, Jesus. What are we going to do now? And he says in John 14, 15 to 18, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. An advocate meaning counselor, encourager, comforter, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit, who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because he isn't looking for him and he doesn't recognize him. But you, you know him, because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I hold on to this. I have had to hold on to this. I was a young girl, distraught, pleading with God. I just wanted my mother back. And he came to me in a very real, tangible moment. And I felt him physically. It was like a breath, this gentle breeze that fell across my face. And I knew it to be the Holy Spirit. And I need to look to Jesus. Who are we looking to? Jesus, and he will send us help. He will send us help. The Holy Spirit will advocate for us. He will comfort us. The Lord blesses those who mourn. We'll lose. We'll fail. Things will be hard. I don't want it easy. I don't want to give easy explanations. Because the Lord is my strength. These situations happen, and if you were here last week or heard Pastor Josiah's message, that not everything happens for a reason, but that God will give reason to everything. That sat well with me. But why now is this so important? Okay, so we're looking to the Bible for our foundation of truth, and who we're looking at is Jesus. And we're going to seek his face and hold on to the Holy Spirit. 
But why? Because this is what happens, and this is what happened in my life. Because a simple statement of, your mom is watching over, seeded, the seed fell. And I didn't really give it anything. I didn't give it any thought because it was a friend of mine, 13, 14 maybe years old, who said that she felt my mom was watching her. So she was making sure that I was being treated well. She wanted to protect me because she felt she was being watched. Ironically, she was the pastor's kid of another local church. But she felt that she needed to do that. And I didn't know if I believed that or not. I, don't, I didn't really give it, like I said, much thought. But I didn't, I didn't throw that against my truth either, my foundation of truth. And there it fell and took root. And what I began to do was live my life for another and not for Jesus. I thought I was. That's the half-truth. I thought I was. I thought I was living for Jesus. I was. But I started to live my life against someone else's timeline. My mother passed when she was young. She was 35. And I started to set out some goals for myself. I wanted to get married at the age that she got married. I wanted to have kids at the time that she had kids. I wanted to stay connected. I wanted to fulfill a life she'd never got to fulfill. And I wanted to make it past the age of 35. These were my life goals. I didn't think much further than 35 because I was living dead expectations, dead dreams. I was living a life that was not meant for me. God has a life meant for each and every one of us. He knows you so intimately. He knows every hair on your head, and I'm really sorry, Robbie. <laughs> he is a man of mystery. Each and every single one grow a beard. But isn't that true? He knows you. He has a life for you. And I, what happened to me, though, when, I, when those expectations weren't met, when my, when my so-called dreams, they weren't my dreams, weren't fulfilled, because they weren't. I didn't get married at that same age, and I didn't have kids at that same age. I am older than 35. <laughs> a little bit, just a little bit older. But I started to realize that... <laughs> Keep it down over there. You're having far too much fun over there. Church is fun. But I started to fail time and time again because I was, these were unmet dreams. These were unmet expectations. And 
And I didn't know what to do anymore. Who was I? Whose life was I living? And God started to remind me of who he was. I wanted to feel that Holy Spirit against my skin again. He's the one I'm looking to. And I'm also going to look to great examples of faith. So I'm going to surround myself in a community of faithful believers. Because they're going to help me too. So I'm going to base my truth on foundation. I'm going to look to the Bible. That's where we're looking. And I am looking at Jesus. And I am holding on to the Holy Spirit. And I am surrounding myself with great examples of faith. Because that leads us to become the next generation's crowd of witnesses. So we have a where we're going to do this, where we're looking, who we're looking at, why we're doing it, because we don't want those half-truths to take root in your lives. We want you to be living the life that God has always planned for just you. For I know the plans I have for you. For good and not for evil. For a future and a hope. And I'm going to close with this last verse. Because this is going to tell us how to remember it. How do I, how do, I do this? Miss Elisa, please don't call me that after this, just the kids. But it's just what I hear. So, in Colossians 1, 10 to 14, then the way you live, this is how, this is how we're going to do it. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. The good fruit will be our future generations who we're witnessing to. And all the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. And boy, that's what I strive for. Because to know God better and better will get me from here to here. Or from here to here. Where I ever need to go in life, I need to know God better and better. We also pray, this is Paul speaking, praying, that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need because we are running a race, but it is not a race just to a finish line and it's not just over when we get there. It is a relay race and we are passing on the baton. And we don't want those half-truths, those diluted, watered-down versions of what may have been the truth to suddenly take root like a weed that overtakes the flower that is your life, the purposes that God has for you. Be built into an idol. We're not seeking that face of whatever that is. Is that the person that has passed on? Is that something else that you've built in your life that you're looking to for hope? What are you building it on? 
because slowly and surely it will move in front of you and eclipse the Son of God. So we pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people, that's you and me, and the people to come, who live in the light. So we are going to step out from their shadow and into his light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We're going to go over this one more time and it's going to be our prayer. I was asking the Lord last night, do I wing it, this prayer? Do I wait? I always wait on the Lord not always patiently. But after reading this again last night as I was sort of going over, it was Paul's prayer to the people then. This is a prayer. So I'm going to have you repeat it. We're going to change just a couple little things because it's not going to say things like you. It's going to, we're going to change those to I and my and mine. So I'm just going to ask you at this time to close your eyes. It's not a super spiritual thing. It's just so that you're not looking around, being distracted. And we invite the Holy Spirit. And just repeat. I will always honor and please the Lord. And my life will produce every kind of good fruit. I will grow as I learn to know God better and better. I will be strengthened with all the glorious power I will have all the endurance and patience I need. May I be filled with joy. Always thanking the Father that he has enabled me to share in his inheritance that belongs to me and I will live in the light for he has rescued me thank you Jesus from the kingdom of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his dear son who I believe purchased my freedom and forgave my sins. Amen.
Make this your prayer. Build your foundation on truth. Seek the face of Jesus. Live with the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you. And surround yourself in a community of great examples of faithful people. For we are the next generation's great crowd of witnesses. You know, this morning I, I wondered if, you know, I would do an altar call. And it came to me during worship of that next generation. And I don't know if they'll come, if the kids will come. And I have, my, I have a prayer team that will come up. I want to pray for this next generation. I want to pray for them. I want to be that good example. And you can stay in your seats. If you're the parents, you can, you're welcome to come up with them. But I'm going to ask the kids to come up, right up here at the front. And they can face me. It might be a little scary facing you. <laughs> come on up. Marley, Stevie, do you want to come up? Yes, Grace. Zila, do you want to come? Perseus and Ajax. Oh my gosh, I can't handle it. And we're going to stretch out our arms towards these kids. Marley, do you want to come? Okay, that's okay. There's two over here. And God's reach is unfathomable. And we're going to pray for these kids. Father God, allow us to be the great examples of faith for this future generation, God. That this is what we're building the church on, God. We will build it on a foundation of truth, but we are building it for the future generations. We are running this race, God, and we are handing off the baton. So I pray for each and every one of these children here, God, that are here today, that are watching online, who might see it another day. That you will install a foundation of truth into their hearts, God. That you will be a tangible experience in their lives. That they will be able to look and see your face. That there will be nothing that eclipses the Son of God in their lives. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, bless them with abundance. I want to be bold like a child. I want to be unabashed. I want to dance because I feel like it. And I want to tell anyone I come across that I love Jesus. And that he died for our sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. Each week, we gather in cities across our region and online to explore the truth of freedom available to all in the message of Jesus Christ. To find a gathering near you or to find out more, head to c3church.ca.